Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Interested in starting your own podcast? Then Anchor is the right platform for you. When it comes to creating a podcast and editing and producing, Anchor has all the necessary tools for you to have a top-notch product. Anchor also distributes to your favorite podcast platforms, such as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. They even give you the opportunity to make money, like we are right now, just by having them as a sponsor. The best part? It's completely free to download and use. Download Anchor in the App Store or on Google Play and get your podcast started today. Welcome to the Say Hey Podcast, a San Francisco Giants podcast for the real ones. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Say Hey Podcast. Follow me at Say Hey Doug. Follow Rob at Say Hey Rob on Twitter. Make sure you're subscribed and following on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe and follow to those platforms to get notified whenever a new episode of the Say Hey Podcast is released. And also make sure you are joining our facebook group giants chatter we got that rolling recently uh 40 followers in the last week make sure that uh you're joining giants chatter on facebook i'll let you in immediately and we're talking giants on there every day uh news old memories once the season starts we'll do game threads on there so we all can all interact with you guys and we're really looking forward to giants chatter taking off because it already is so make sure you jump on that train rob how's it going my co-host <laughs> It's going pretty good. Uh, it's been a long week, but uh, you know we're coming up on the uh, holiday, and it's uh, it's going to be a nice little uh, breather from uh, all the shit we've been dealing with. <laughs> no kidding, man. But um, but yeah, uh, everything's going good. You know, everything with uh, with Giants Shatter is uh, is really booming. Like I look forward to all the uh, notifications I'm getting, uh, and. 12, 12 to 15 times a day i i gotta say this this, this past week and i love all the posts I, lo- I love all the all the back and forth you know that was uh i think that was a great idea yeah it's been going well i'm looking forward to taking off i kind of wanted to get it going here in the off season so by the time you know february march spring training comes around um it's it's kind of in full swing so excited about that uh cool episode we're gonna have our first guest on today uh jeff young from um around the foghorn who uh, 
covers the Giants. It's, it's going to be great. Um, excited to have our first guest on. But before we get to him, just want to remind you that every episode of the Say Hey podcast is sponsored by Manteca Bedquarters. Whether you're located in the Bay Area or the Central Valley, head out to Manteca and visit Manteca Bedquarters for great rates on mattresses from Stearns and Foster, Tempur-Pedic, and other top brands. Manteca Bedquarters also has bedroom furniture and bedding accessories. Located on the corner of Maine and Yosemite in Manteca, visit mantecabedquarters.com for more details. So let's get into the interview with Jeff. We recorded it earlier, and uh, we're excited to have him on, and uh, here you go. We are joined today by Jeff Young from Around the Foghorn. Give him a follow on Twitter at BaseballJeff1. Jeff, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Merry Christmas to you guys. Happy holidays. Uh, holidays. What do you guys got planned today? This. <laughs> yeah, you, you and me both. Robbie, you got any plans? Uh, this and, uh, you know, I got a few people coming over today, but uh, mostly just uh, this and uh, – drinking and celebrating the season yeah yeah it's the way to go yeah hey hey jeff before we get started um tell us a little about you like with your giants and um and what you do oh i i guess i've been uh writing for the giants for at around the foghorn for about three years now um uh, mark deluki and i are the side experts there we have been for about six months um oh my bad <laughs> you're good <laughs> still adjusting <laughs> Yeah, that's uh. So yeah, I've just been writing for them for a long time. I like to write, and of course, I like the Giants, and uh, yeah. So it just it makes sense to to write there. Perfect. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's kind of like a dream job. I wish I could actually <laughs> work for the Giants, but no, I'm sure. Well, well I, I, don't, I don't actually work for them, so. Well, I, I know. But you cover them officially, so yeah. There you go. Hey, um, all right, well, let's get into our questions. Robbie and I have a, like a dozen questions for you, so um, I'll, I'll get us started. Um, one question regarding last year, although a short sample size with the 60-game season, uh, did the Giants exceed, fall short, or meet your expectations, and why? Um, okay, so obviously when you look at the record, I think uh, 29 and 31 was probably a little bit better than, than many people could have expected. Uh, with that being said, I'm just not sure in such a small sample, like where the Giants are exactly, just because, you know, they, they, they played well against the teams that were not as good as them. They beat the Diamondbacks pretty, pretty handily. I think they were like, what, 11 and two last year, oh, eight and two. Like that. Yeah. They, I mean, they, they had a really good record against them. They, they uh, played against the, the Rockies pretty well, but you know, when, when they played against the, the Dodgers and, and uh, Padres, and they're not in the same field talent-wise as they are right now. Uh, it just it, it seemed like there's a pretty substantial talent gap there, and that's not surprising. Um, so I, I think they did, especially offensively, I think they did exceed expectations. Uh, I, you know, it'd be nice to, if we had still uh, watched them over 162 games, but that's kind of the uh, nature of the, the COVID beast. I think the uh, familiarity – you know, with division teams, you know, it's obviously it's well documented, but yeah, but take that within such a short sample size last year. I mean, I mean, they, they're playing the same teams, you know, every, every week and every now and then you throw in the Seattle or the angels yeah. or, or the A's, but yeah, I mean, do you take all those games that they would normally play against the, the division and throw that all into 60 games? I mean, my God. Yeah. They, they had a tough schedule. Uh, no doubt. I, I don't know how many games they played against the, 
the Dodgers, the Padres, the A's, and then we can even throw like the the Astros in there because they're right. a playoff team. But right. they they must have yeah. played those teams close to twenty five times or twenty five times uh, combined. Um, so they they didn't have an easy schedule at all. I know they. Uh, what was the thing with the Brewers? The Brewers got in because they had a weaker schedule or something something like that. But the Giants had a tough right. schedule this year. In the tie, yeah, that tie breaking issue or whatever at the end which i don't know if anybody understands outside of rob manfred was was still confusing so <laughs> yeah didn't make a lot of sense no nah. rob you got a question right yeah jeff i think uh i think yaz you know kind of surprised us a, a, a lot last year i mean we had ex- high expectations based off of 2019 but he blew us away playing at an elite level last year you know is it is it realistic to expect him to, to produce at that kind of level again this year? Oh, in uh, 2021, I, I mean, right. when you look at the numbers, like kind of the uh, the beneath the surface numbers, you know, his his uh, launch angle, all, all those stat cast numbers are really healthy um, and, and they point to sustainable production. There, there's really very few red flags in his batted ball profile when you look at it. I know he – he had something crazy like eight home runs with two strikes last year. Like he was, and I think he cut his uh, strikeout uh, percentage down in 2020. His walk rate went up. His power went up. I mean, there's really nothing there to that screams regression when you look at his numbers. Um, okay. So let me, if you guys don't mind, I could probably pull up his numbers and just so I'm not making these numbers up. I mean, I could be, I, I've been known to do that. I have the boring straightforward numbers here. I don't have all the sabermetric stuff in front of me, yeah. but I mean, the dude had a great year. He had a 297 average. His, his on base was 400, which in today's game is, is stellar. Um, yeah. 10 home runs, 35 RBIs. Um, and his, his OPS was a really respectable uh, 968. So. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was an all-star. He's one, he would have been an all-star. He's one of the yes. better players yes. in baseball. He, he earned those, uh, those MVP votes that they got. But yeah, I'm looking at his numbers. Like his ground ball rate was 38%, which isn't terrible. His line drive rate was 19%, uh, fly ball rate 42%. I know that that's all boring stuff, but I mean, uh, you know, he's not hitting too many ground balls. He's getting the right angle on the ball. He's hitting it with a lot of authority. So there, there's nothing there that really, there, there aren't many red flags. And I, in 2019, especially, I tried to like find the red flags and I was like, they're, they're just, there isn't any here besides like an elevated strikeout rate. Um, but even that number went down in his walk rate. His walk rate nearly doubled in 2020 compared to 2019. Uh, the whole yeah, league I'm... strikes out now. So Yeah, yeah. It's one of those <laughs> things. It's, if you're not striking out, you're not one of the cool kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the great thing is too, and, and we'll wrap it up on Yaz's. I mean, he's under team control for the next two seasons, and he's not even arbitration eligible till 2023. So he's not going anywhere. I mean, it's awesome. Yeah. I, I wonder if he qualifies for a Super 2 player next year. I know that deadline is kind of established later on. Um, I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he was. And, and if he was, he's probably going to see a pretty nice raise in arbitration the first time through. So I, I'm not sure that those uh, those deadlines and those numbers uh, when it comes to service time are kind of murky and decided like after the fact. So we'll see. Well, let's uh, let's talk arms real quick. Uh, with the recent addition of Anthony Descalfani, um, what else do you expect the Giants to do in regards to addressing the uh, starting rotation? Um, yeah, I think they've committed. I, we don't know what their payroll is at. We know that they have about $60 million below the 
the competitive balance tax available. That doesn't mean they're going to spend that entire amount. Um, but they've committed about $25 million, uh, in 2021 to the, to the, to the rotation with uh, Di Scalfani and, and uh, Gosman, of course. Right. And these are one-year contracts. So mm-hmm. I, I think they're, they still have work to do. Um, they only have Webb, Cueto, Gosman, and Di Scalfani. Um, and then Tyler Beatty is going to return at some point. But uh, I, I, at this point, I would expect kind of more um, like of the Trevor Cahill and, and Tyson Ross type moves, you know, uh, people that they can get on minor league contracts that, that, you know, have to really compete and win a spot out of spring training. Uh, maybe Tyler Anderson is brought back as well, but um, I'd like to see him kind of take a chance on like a, a reclamation project, like a Carlos, uh, is it Carlos Rodon? Oh man. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, He he seems like the kind of the perfect candidate to to slot into the fifth spot. Um, And he's not going to cost you all that much, but yeah, I think it's going to be mostly minor league signings and and low value major league signings at this point. I think they've done most of the leg work there. I call those the uh, Brad Penny deals. The Brad Penny (laughs) deals. Man, uh, do you guys remember in 20, uh, 2009 when he got picked up by the giants and it was like a last minute, uh, trade in August and he just dealt that like I don't know that that 2019 that that 2019 uh, 2009 season was fun he was awesome that year he, uh, he kind of kept a minute the, until the last minute there did, I mean he did, he did. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah he was he was awesome and that, that was kind of you know you, you kind of knew they started to have something special because Posey and Bumgarner in 09 they had just come up they right. you know they yeah. just got that experience and that Brad Penning was awesome man and then the, the second time around, he was he was kind of mad, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Jeff. Uh, you know, c- can we expect to see more of a uh, Seth Corey up in the bigs this year? With with, with their lack of uh, lefties currently, it kind of makes me believe that they have something up their sleeve, and we just don't see it yet. Yeah, they're pretty light on uh on um major league pitching depth depths from the left side. I mean, when you look at it right now in the forty man roster, they have. Uh, Suarez, who I think they're trying to work out a trade with the uh, the KBO. I, I mean, that was reported about 10 days ago. Um, I haven't heard anything of it since then. Right. And they have Berger, who came up as a starter, and, and Menez, who came up as a starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're pretty light on left-handed pitchers. Um, I would expect that one of those, or two of those, or, or maybe more than two, of the minor league free agents that they end up signing down the stretch later on, are going to be left-handed uh, pitchers. Um, I'm, I'm not sure exactly. I don't have the names in front of me. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to think who would be a good name. Mike Miner was a guy I was really interested in the Giants um, signing, but he ended up signing with the Royals for $17 million over two years, so I thought that was a good value move. Um, but yeah. Who would have saw, saw that coming two years ago? Well, Mike Miner dealt <laughs> in 2019, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, he was, he was good. He, uh, he had a – I mean, he's one of those guys. He had a nice strikeout rate, uh, throws pretty hard. He's a lefty. So, of course, you know, teams always have lefties. Um, in, in regards to your question about Corey, uh, you know, he did very well um, in Augusta in 2019. He really had a kind of like a Bumgarner-like season. Uh, of course, he was about a year older than Bumgarner was in, in 2008 um, when he pitched for, for Augusta. I, I just don't think he'll – um, kind of be an option in, in 2021 just because there's so much development between single A and triple A. Um, but we've seen with, with uh, Zaidi 
in the new front office is that they're very aggressive. So if he's performing well, you know, he could be, he, I mean, he could go from single A to double A pretty quickly. And then, you know, once you're in double A, you're kind of, you're, you're kind of in a waiting pool for, for a major league opportunity. Pretty much. Yeah. Double A's kind of become that, um, that pitcher's level, you know, and um, we have seen guys go from double A straight up to the major leagues, that, oh, yeah. you know, arm wise. So yeah, that's a good point. Um, I wanted to touch base real quick on, on Mauricio Dobon. I just, my question here is simple second base center field or both like last year. Um, you know, I, with how he performed in center field, I wouldn't be surprised if the giants ran him out in center field uh, a lot more in, in 2021. Um, obviously his, his, you know, he's used to playing second base and shortstop and he has the athleticism, the range and, and he, you know, he made a couple of uh, kind of, uh, kind of big errors I or not big errors but he, he kind of had a couple of misjudges not yeah not not so great plays at shortstop in 2020 and to me it just it didn't seem like it, it just seemed like he rushed the player he just you know he didn't have the right footwork or uh when he was throwing when he is uh getting ready to throw the ball um it, it didn't seem like I mean the talent is there to play the position so I I, I think it's just a little more um seasoning and experience there but I, I really do think that they're going to try to uh to play him out and center field a little more uh, next year. Probably more of what we saw, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I say, why not? I think he yeah. improved defensively um, yeah, out there at- throughout the end of the year. And obviously the bat came around. He started off slow. And Rob and I have been big Dubon fans ever since we got him. Um, so yeah. I, I've been wanting him to pan out. In the last, like, 30 games, 25, 30 games, I was really impressed and excited. I'm hoping, you know, he's out there every day in the outfield at least. So, hey, yeah, I, I, I mean, I think at the time when they traded Pomeranz, I mean, I don't care who they would have got in return. I was going to be excited about him compared to what we saw yeah. from, from from Drew. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, if he, he was a guy who was not as a starter. He was not really throwing the ball well, and he was kind of getting he was kind of getting lit up every every start out there. But the second they put him into the bullpen, yep. I mean, he he really found his niche, and you know that's that's a role he's. I mean, he's going to be doing that for the Padres for the next several years. So he he made some money from that move too. True. So it was kind of a win-win move uh, for both the Giants and Pomeranz. Absolutely. Yeah, I want to talk about uh, Joey Bart and Patrick Bailey and how you think uh, Farhan plans to utilize them in the long term. Or is, is one of them almost guaranteed to be traded here at some point? Um, I, I don't think they drafted Bailey with the intent of trading one or the other. Um, if you look at teams right. like the A's and the Dodgers, they've kind of stacked up on – on uh, catching prospects over the years. I know the A's right. just drafted uh, Tyler Soderstrom, who was the, you know, the, the Giants um, legacy player mm-hmm. or prospect out of high school. Yeah. Kid out of uh, Turlock. Yeah, out of, yeah. of Turlock. So he's a local kid. His dad, you know, was drafted by the Giants in 93. I think he had a cup of coffee with the team in 95 or 96. Um, but, you know, the, the Dodgers and the, the A's are two teams that really load up on catching prospects. And, and I don't think that's a bad um, that, that's a bad area to load up on. I, I don't know what the plan is long term for them. Um, but I guess if one doesn't pan out, they have the other kind of waiting in the wings or vice versa. Um, and then if both just turn out to be really awesome defensively and, and good offensive contributors, and that's kind of a kind of a good position to be in and maybe they can leverage that into a pretty nice trade. No doubt. Hey, um, Jeff, curious, the, the Giants brought in uh, Jason Vossler uh, about yep. what, a month ago now. Um, yep. 
what do you expect the Giants to do with him? Um, well, they, you know, obviously he had some demand, uh, because they signed him to a major league contract. Um, so they, they, and, you know, from everything that Farhan has said, uh, they kind of expect a significant role from him. Uh, Longoria, uh, especially kind of tailed off down the stretch. He, when the season started, he was looking, uh, Longoria was as about as good as, uh, we've seen him. Uh, with the Giants but then you know he had to play third base every day last year and I think that kind of wore him down a little bit so I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Oslo was brought in to kind of give him a left-handed bat um, to cover uh, third base and second base uh, uh, you know Solano didn't really show uh, extreme platoon splits when he when he played in 2020 but I think they you know they're a team that they're going to leverage the platoon sp- uh, splits as much as they can uh, with the new front office and with Gabe Kapler as the coach. Uh, so I think his role is really to kind of spot start at both second base and third base. And if he can, if they can leverage his, his skill against right-handed pitchers, that was kind of an area where they struggled in last year. Um, not, they, they didn't struggle too badly, but I think they had like a 750 OPS as a team against righties. Uh, whereas they had like an 850 OPS against lefties last year. So I think that's really, uh, Vossler's role in 2021 is, you know, how well he hits lefties is really going to determine how much playing time he's, or not lefties, but righties, how much uh, playing time he sees. And he hits for power, it seems. You know, I'm looking at his, his minor league splits the last few years. The guy yeah. hits hits for power and, he, you know, he gets on base. So I'm excited yeah. to see him, how he spans out, especially I want to see how he does in spring training, obviously. So, yeah. Uh, from what I read, he was hitting just about as well as anyone in the Padres in uh, spring training last year. Um, and I guess the Giants were really interested in trying to acquire him, but uh, the Padres didn't want to make a trade. But, you know, he's mm-hmm. with the Giants now, so I guess it worked out. Yeah. Jeff, I was a little curious about the uh, who you thought the leading candidate for the closer role might be right now. Because I feel like with the three-batter role, the whole closer by committee concept is kind of out the window. Yep. So as, as of right now, who would you see being the leading candidate to – Get the first shot at closing. Uh, well, the three batter minimum role is uh, one of those uh, things that I'm not too much of a fan of, and I know <laughs> I, I know it's kind of got mixed reviews. I just I don't know. I I don't I don't understand the purpose. I guess it's to speed up the game and blah 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 and all that. Um, okay. In regards to the yes, <laughs> exactly. If if teams want to carry an extra reliever, I mean that's what the Giants did for a long time with Lopez. Uh, they, you know, they kind of ran with the thin bench. And if, the, if teams want to carry an extra reliever, uh, like kind of a Lukey type reliever, and that, that weakens their bench, then that's kind of a strategic choice that they make. But right. anyways, um, in regards to the closer role, I, I mean, it's, I think it's pretty clear that, that Maranta uh, will kind of have the best shot at, at, at uh, taking over the closer role next year. But, I mean, they brought in Matt Whistler, and he had a really nice year in 2020 with the twins and twins really know um, how to develop pitchers and how to, how to really pitch to their strengths. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if Whistler got a shot. Uh, You know, with, with that being said, I think uh, Camilo Duvall is another guy who's really uh, opened some eyes with the giants. And it wouldn't surprise me if he got some shots at uh, closing games out next year as well. Uh, He throws hard. He has a high spin uh, fastball that sits in the high, high nineties. Um, kind of like Morata, he he does struggle with uh, command issues a little bit, but he gets a lot of strikeouts as well. Um, 
So I, I think it's going to be Maranta, then maybe Whistler, and then you know down the down the road it's probably going to be Duvall. Hey, hey, Rob. Since we're talking about the end of the bullpen, your next question was kind of about those two. So we'll skip ahead and go ahead to the uh, the Whistler and Brevia one. Yeah. Um, what are your overall thought, thoughts on uh, Whistler and uh, Brevia? I know Brevia is coming off Tommy John and 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 all of that, but everybody seems to be pretty high on him. Yeah, uh, he's he's had a nice career so far. Um, I I just did this thing. I just did this piece um, that was published today. Uh, that was kind of about pitchers with high strikeout rates and um, you know their performance, their their performance in terms of ERA plus, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with ERA plus. They use this right. 100 as a benchmark, and yeah. and pitchers with a ERA plus above 100 means that they're above league average. Below 100 means they're below league average. Mm-hmm. But there's this correlation between um, pitchers with stri- high strikeout rates and ERA plus, and with guys like Whistler and Bravia, they both really had high strikeout rates. Um, and I think that's an area where the Giants really want to improve in uh, next year because the teams that really had the highest strikeout rates were generally uh, considered the kind of best rotations in baseball, like the Indians and, and the Reds. They both had really strong rotations and bullpens. Yes. Um, the Giants, on the other hand, I think they had like the seventh worst rates in terms of strikeout rates. So with, with Whistler and Bravia, they, you know, they're clearly – I think they're they're really trying to improve upon that strikeout rate. Um, so they they both rely on their slider quite a bit. Uh, Whistler especially, he I think he threw it like eighty five percent of the time. Yeah. And uh, twenty twenty and Abrevia, you know I think he throws it uh, pretty much half the time as well, which is fine. I mean if you're a reliever, you can you can kind of get away with having kind of being a kind of a one trick pony in a way. Um, especially if you have a fastball in the mid nineties to uh, kind of offset that pitch. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think they're both good value moves. I, I think both Whistler and Parabia are under control um, after 2021. So it's, you know, it could be kind of one of those long-term type of moves that helps them shore up the bullpen a little more. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I am, I'm looking at Brebbia's last year. I'm in 2019 uh, strikeout was 10.8 per nine. And then yep. um, that ERA plus that you're talking about was, and I just want to confirm for my, my own personal reasoning and people may be listening. The ERA plus was uh 118. So that means he's 18% over the league average. Correct. That, yeah, that's correct. And that, you know, that's obviously what you want. You want more league, you know, more pitchers better than league average. So that, that's exactly what that means. Got it. Makes sense. Um, okay. We got a couple more um, where, you know, we're, we're hearing and it's probably sounding like we may not have a national league designated hitters or hitter this year. Um, where does Wilmer Flores fit in this season in 2021? Yeah, they, they, uh, they kind of do have an infield glut, it's, especially at second base because Flores and Solano, they look like they were kind of um, not as versatile defensively as we would have liked. Um, Solano came up, he was, when he came up, he was a glove first infielder and that was kind of his way to stick in the majors was to, you know, be solid defensively with the glove, but, uh, that didn't really show in, in 2020. And, uh, I, I think some of them, some of his errors were just more related to maybe not having an extended spring training. I think he got better down, the, uh, down the stretch. Um, you know, they had that reboot in July that was like three weeks long. Uh, baseball players typically have six weeks for spring training, maybe even a little longer. And I think he was one of those guys that really – his defense was hurt by the fact that he didn't really get those reps in in, 
in the, uh, what, what is it, the summer camp that they called it. Um, oh, yeah. The yeah, satellite with, camp or whatever. The satellite camp, yeah. With, with Flores, it's obviously he, he was one of the better hitters on the team. He, I think he led the team in home runs, which, you know, for a Giants player, that typically isn't saying that much. But the Giants, for whatever reason, you know, they hit for a lot of power in 2020. Um, there's still a role there. Uh, they're going to, you know, they're going to try and find him at bats at first base and second base. Maybe they'll try to see if Solano can shift to, to shortstop and play there and, and do some spot starts if uh, if they're playing a tough lefty and they want to give Crawford a day off. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that they really like Flores. Um, I, I think there's a role there. Um, and, you know, having too many good bats is, is really not an issue that most Giants fans are used to with uh, – with the Giants and um, you know, I, I think uh, you know, the opportunity is going to present itself for him to get at least 300 plus at bats uh, next year. It feels like if you can hit the opportunities always find you. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, that's totally true. And I wouldn't be surprised if the DH did return in 2021. I don't know why baseball, like, I don't know why they, they can't figure this out because you know, players aren't signing in free agency as is. I mean, the right. NBA had their entire offseason in two days while baseball was just kind of lollygagging around. Right. Um, and I, I don't. This seems like an easy rule that they could just implement and make make the make people excited about baseball for next year, um, because I think people are just tired of seeing um, pitchers hit. To be honest, I know there's the uh, there's the uh, baseball purists. Uh, I, I tend to kind of align myself with them who don't like yep. to see any changes and uh you know hats off to the giants because they their dhs hit like 150 last year so it was like a pitcher was hitting anyway <laughs> um but uh yeah I, I mean it just seems like such a such a reasonable rule to implement and do it right now i i don't understand the holdback but it, i know it kind of comes down to a collective bargaining agreement and all that and i'm not as well versed in that as as other people Uh, none of us are, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, our, our last question, Jeff, is uh, do you, do you feel good about uh, Gabe, Cal- Gabe Kapler making the uh, decisions uh, going into the season, mostly just regarding the bullpen based off what we saw a year ago? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I think um, a lot of people were critical of some of the moves he made uh, myself included. Right. Uh, I, I think he was kind of in a hard, kind of kind of in between a what is it a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Yep. When the season began, because I think we have to factor in that uh, starting pitchers didn't really get a chance to build up their arm strength with the uh, summer camp because it was only three weeks long. So we don't know how uh, how much stamina they had to pitch into uh, deep into the games. And we saw that early in the season where starters were only going four or five innings. And that put a lot of pressure on the bullpen. And, you know, when you expose a bullpen and when you overuse it, it seems like every bullpen decision you make is a bad one. And I think that's what happened with the Giants as the uh, season kind of got underway um, is the bullpen was overused. Starters didn't really have the arm strength. And they, they didn't really have the, um, you know, the quality of the bullpen arms, I think, uh, because, you know, their bullpen was built based off of waiver claims minor league free agent signings. And then there was Tony Watson, who was the kind of lone holdover uh, from the prior regime. Um, There were some quite, there, there were some moves he made that I, I didn't totally understand. uh, But I, I, 
I know the bullpen did get better as the season wore on. So maybe that's a, that's a credit to his management. And, um, you know, I think we, we just kind of needed to see it a little more in a more normal setting um, to, because that, that 60 game scenario, I mean, you know, we saw a lot of positive with Kapler, I think, and then we saw some negatives as well. Um, but I, I'd like to see it a little more. I, I don't really have a feel for it, but uh, you know, after watching Bruce Bochy manage for all the years that we did, uh, it seemed like he really ever made a really ever made a bad bullpen move, unless it was like Game Four of the NLCS against the Chicago Cubs in 2016. Oh. Um, other oh, than that, that <laughs> other than that, it was uh, he, he was pretty much nails when it came to bullpen management. But the game has changed, obviously, with the three batter minimum. Um, so we'll need to see a little more of it. Yeah, it wasn't really a fair fair barometer for Kapler, but yeah, you're right. Big adjustment for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Jeff, well, we appreciate you coming on today, man. Um, you know, we're looking forward to the season. Hopefully we get a full 162 and we can kind of, uh, you know, get a full baseball season. That'd be nice. Um, so, hey, thanks for coming on. We'd love to have you on again maybe before the season starts. And, um, you know, give make sure you're giving Jeff a follow at uh, BaseballJeff1 on Twitter. Uh, make sure you're reading his articles on Around the Foghorn. Good stuff there. Good and, stuff. Um, you know, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Until next time, uh, go Giants. Cool. Yeah, it's great to talk to you guys. Uh, happy holidays. And if you guys want to chat in a few months, let's let's do it again. Thank you, Jeff. Awesome, cool. man. Thanks, Thanks Jeff. Guys. All right, see you, bud. When the Giants come to town, it's bye-bye, baby. Every time the chips are done. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.